Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. Welcome back to another episode of the Deal Deep Dive segment on the Westside Investors Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Werner. In this segment, our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've invested in. We will dive deep into finding the deal, financing the deal, writing an offer, and the due diligence. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this episode. And now, let's dive deep. Welcome back to the Westside Investors Network podcast. I am your host, Trent Werner. On today's Deal Deep Dive episode, we are joined by Jason Parker, the president of Parker Financial. Jason is the best-selling author of Sound Retirement Planning and recently published a new book called Retirement Calculator, How Much Money Do I Need to Retire? Jason is the host of the podcast Sound Retirement Radio, which has over 1 million downloads and is a top podcast in the retirement planning category. Now let's welcome Jason Parker. All right, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we dive too deep into how real estate can fit into retirement planning, I'd love for you to take a minute or two and share your story and share how you started Parker Financial. Parker Financial. Yeah, that's a fun story. I actually had a good friend. He became a good friend, I should say, but he was my mentor, somebody that had owned a broker dealer. I was in my early 20s, my mid 20s. He was in his mid 60s. And he hired me. He brought me under his wing. He taught me, he trained me, he invested in me. And so today Parker Financial exists as a result of that relationship. And he's not with us anymore. But I oftentimes say one relationship can totally change the direction of your life. And so I was fortunate enough to meet uh, my friend Dean and get to walk life with him for a couple of years. But where we are today, I'm actually, what I'm most excited about is the retirement budget calculator that I'm hoping to tell you a little bit about, Trent. Mm -hmm. Parker Financial is an SEC registered investment advisory firm. And years ago, we had started a radio show out here in the Seattle area talking about financial planning and retirement planning. And that audience grew. And then I wrote my first book, Sound Retirement Planning, and that became a bestseller on Amazon in the category of personal finance. And then what I found was that a lot of the people that were listening to the podcast and reading the content, the education, they were more in the DIY camp. They weren't people that were looking to hire an advisor necessarily to walk life with them. So then I started thinking, well, how can we help more people? How can we help people in a way that doesn't require them to work with me or my team one-on-one? And that's when we developed the software, software as a service, online cloud-based platform to help people create a retirement cash flow plan. And that's how the calculator came to be. And yeah, it's been a fun journey. Sound Retirement Radio is the podcast that I do now. We have a little over a million downloads and just a great group of community that we're building as people are preparing for retirement. Very nice. Very nice. And I know we'll get into how retire or how real estate fits into that retirement plan. And I don't really have a whole lot of experience in your industry. I did do an internship back in college at a financial services company, but by no means am I a professional. When you first started, you know, the retirement budget and the retirement planning aspect of your career, were you more focused on stocks and mutual funds and that sort of thing? Or have you always been inclusive of real estate in that plan? 
Well, real estate, as it pertains to retirement planning, from an investment advisory standpoint, our specialty is asset allocation using stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, equities, if you will. But from a financial planning standpoint, one of the things I found is that a lot of the people that we serve heading into retirement own real estate. And one of the things I'm always trying to teach people is that at the end of the day, retirement is all about cash flow. It's all about making sure you have enough income coming in to cover your expenses. And that's one of the things I love about real estate. So we look at real estate from several different angles. One, people that already own real estate, what kind of positive cash flow is that generating for them? And two, we meet with people like just before I started this interview, I had somebody reach out to me that they own multiple rental units and they received an offer unsolicited to sell one of their properties. And they're saying, should we accept that offer? And, you know, we need to do an analysis to see how much cash flow is that property generating for them. And then if we were to sell the property, how much net proceeds would we have after taxes and depreciation? And then how much income would we be able to generate on that net sum of money? And oftentimes when I'm doing that analysis, at least up until now, it was really hard to find the similar cash flow as a result of interest rates going way up like they are. I mean, you know, you can get bank CDs now that are paying 5% if you go out long enough on the terms of the bank certificate of deposit. Now, all of a sudden, it's starting to look a little bit different. All of a sudden, it looks like we can generate some pretty nice cash flow with less headache. You don't necessarily have the inflation adjustments like you do on rental income. but So that's how we look at rental properties, just how much income are they going to generate after taxes. And of course, you do have some tax benefits in there when you're taking the depreciation and those things along the way. But the other thing I would say about real estate from an, a retirement standpoint is it's a job and you either have to be willing to do the work you're on your own to maintain the properties or be ready to hire a property management company that's going to take all of that responsibility off of your shoulders. But one of the things we see a lot of times when people get into their late 70s or early 80s, they just don't want that complexity anymore. And so a lot of times we'll see people start to sell real estate as they get into those later years of retirement. But one of the things that we did was really unique in the retirement budget calculator. Most people only focus on your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and those types of 401ks, IRAs, those types of things. But in the calculator, we built it so that you can include any income source. So if you have social security or pension or cash flow from real estate, you can include all of those different income sources, which really makes the calculator powerful for real estate investors and people are trying to figure out if they have enough to retire. So when you're looking at whether it's in the calculator or someone that you've worked with in the past, what are the percentages of people that you would say are more real estate heavy and heavily invested in real estate versus the other equities that you mentioned? Or is it 50-50? Is it a pretty even split? How does that usually work out? Uh, that's a good question. I'm cautious to give you percentages off the top of my head because it's not an analysis that I've actually looked at. But I am surprised at how many people own real estate, not necessarily a lot of real estate, but they might have a commercial office building from their previous career, or they may have a couple of rental properties, two or three rental properties. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would say it's more common than not. You know, a lot of times if they're 
are marriages that came together. You might have, you know, two homes, one from a previous relationship and they maintained that house. Or sometimes people buy houses and they never sell them. So, you know, they'll just kind of collect houses as they go and they end up with three or four houses by the time they get to retirement. And so that's what we see a lot of people. Another thing that people do like about real estate is, you know, making that transition from your working years into your retirement years can be really hard because a lot of times people's identity is tied up in the work that they do. Yeah. And so having a rental property or some kind of project where you can go out and work on those things, that can be, you know, that can give some meaning, especially for guys to be able to get out and do that kind of work. And we've also seen where people have used rental properties as a way to contribute to our community through, you know, just providing some affordable housing or helping local college kids have a place to live. And so there's lots of different ways where you can feel like you're really making an impact with real estate. So like I say, at the end of the day, retirement for people that want to retire it's all about making sure you have enough income coming in to cover your expenses and the faster you get to that income number some people call it a freedom number then the faster you get to retire now that being said and everything i do is retirement focused sound retirement radio sound retirement planning retirement budget calculator everything is all about retirement i personally don't have any plans on ever retiring the reason, and I know there's this big fire movement, financially independent, retired early. I love the financially independent part. You know, I like getting people to the point where they can experience freedom. But one of the things that's fascinating to me, and you may have seen this too, but there's all kinds of people that are incredibly, wildly successful. I mean, take somebody like Elon Musk. You could say this guy's the richest person in the world. Why does he continue to innovate and create and build and have all of these different businesses and all this stress? And you realize, oh, well, he does it because that's what he loves to do, not because he needs income or work. And so while I love the idea of being financially independent, the idea that you're going to sit back and play pickleball all day or go to the beach and play golf and just have a life of leisure, to me, I don't feel like that's the reason we were created. You know, we were created to contribute. And so I think there's a lot of value in that. But so for me, that's why I don't think I'll ever retire. Same thing with, I heard the other day that Adam Sandler's movies have generated over $4 billion of income. That's the guy that's cutting my hair is what he told me. I don't know if that number is accurate, but that's, <laughs> that's the guy who cuts my hair says. But $4 billion, you got to, I don't know how much of that Adam Sandler actually gets to keep. But the chances are he probably doesn't need to make movies anymore. He's probably got enough money that he could just sit back and relax. But there's just story after story after story of successful people that enjoy that they love the work that they do and they keep working and they contribute. And I just think that's so important. And I think there's people are so focused on getting to retirement early that they miss out on this whole opportunity to contribute. So your retirement budget calculator is more of a financially independent budget calculator. Yeah. So we kind of dumped this whole equation on its head. What most people do in my world, the financial planning world, is they look at how much money you've saved. Say you've saved a million dollars. And then they say, well, what's a safe withdrawal rate? And then what are the withdrawal strategies? And so that's typically like 4% per year is what you would hear. So if you had a million dollars, you could spend $40,000 a year. The reason that we're so much different is we took that whole equation and dumped it on its head and turned it upside down. And instead of focusing on how much money you've saved, we said, how much money do you spend? And then let that number determine if you've saved enough. So we just focus on the spending side of the equation. But the calculator does all of these projections. Now, I will tell you that we designed it for people that are within five years of retirement. So people typically 55 years or older. 
But younger people can use it if they're just trying to really get their financial life in order. The calculator is a freemium tool, meaning that you can create the budget and your net worth statement for free. Those tools are free. But then if you want any of the tools that project your future tax liability or your future cash flow or to answer the number one question that people have, which is, am I going to run out of money in retirement? Then you pay an annual subscription fee of $95 to have access to the paid version or the paid features. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uptown Syndication is now offering a syndication coaching program for you to take your real estate portfolio to the next level. This is your opportunity to have experienced syndicators, AJ and Chris Shepard, coach you on your way to controlling your real estate investing future. Our coaching program will provide you with the tools and framework needed to begin syndicating real estate in your target market. Go to uptownsyndication.com today to learn more. So when you're, I mean, and maybe the calculator can do it. I don't want to give away all the secrets on this episode, but when you're looking at a retirement plan, whether you're five years from retirement or 10 years into retirement, are you looking at real estate from strictly a cash flow viewpoint, or are you looking at real estate from a 1031 and exchange, those types of things? No, you know, one of my friends, one of the guys I spent a lot of time with, we go hiking all through the Northwest here. He has, you know, he owns a real estate company, a brokerage firm where he sells real estate, but his specialty has been real estate investing and he's purchased a lot of real estate so we talk about this all the time and he's in that he's still in that accumulation mindset that 1031 accumulation mindset like how can we grow this pot bigger and bigger and bigger but again when you get to retirement most people aren't trying to die with as much money as possible what they're trying to do is create as much cash flow as possible and so we don't really see people playing that game where they're trying to accumulate more retirement as much as they are saying, you know, how much after all of the expenses from the property, how much truly free cash flow are we generating from the property so that we can use that money to supplement our lifestyle and keep enough money in the property so that when things happen, you've got money there to put a new roof on the house or buy a new stove or put new carpet in the place. I mean, like I said, you know, real estate, everybody loves the depreciation of the taxes and the cash flow and just everybody that I've met is focused on the positives associated with real estate. But like my buddy says, that's chapter one of the book on real estate investing. Chapter two is, oh, you've got some guys cooking meth in your garage and you got to try to figure out how to get them out. Or you have somebody that committed suicide in the back bedroom of a rental house and now you've got to get somebody in there to clean up that mess. And I mean, it is not a free lunch. There is no such thing as a free lunch. And so that's why I say at some point people get to a phase in their life where they say, you know, rental properties have served me well. It's been a good ride, but not necessarily they want it, something they want to do forever. The other thing I would say is, you know, the landscape has changed pretty significantly in the last 12 months. Trent, you know this with real with mortgages up to six and a half, seven percent now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like the bond story, right? Bonds were a great investment for 30 years while interest rates were diving. But 
all of a sudden 2022 bonds got hit hard and I would say that you know the stock market tends to be a leading indicator, meaning that we see movements in the stock market before we see movements in real estate, real estate being more of a current indicator. But given where we're at in the economic cycle, given that we've seen these huge increases in real estate over the last couple of years, given that we're seeing 7% mortgages, I mean, it would just be logical that we would start to see real estate slow down. Now, there is an argument to be made that Part of it is a supply and demand issue, and we just didn't, you know, we were in a period of time after the financial crisis where there weren't enough houses being built in certain economies. Like where I live up here in Washington, we're across the water from Seattle. We have a bunch of military bases and Navy bases, and we just don't have enough housing. So the housing market's holding up pretty well. But things aren't cheap, that's for sure. And especially if you're trying to buy at a time when interest rates are 7%. So I think it makes sense when you're creating a retirement cash flow plan to be as diversified as you can. So if you have some pension income, if you have some social security income, if you have some rental income, if you have some rental or some investment, 401k and IRA income, you know, just have those income sources coming from different places. When you look at someone that's ready to dispose of a property and liquidate that asset, are you, I mean, maybe it's a tough question to answer, but do you ever see those type of people investing passively in other real estate endeavors, whether it's a REIT or a syndication or anything like that, or a fund? So funds, yes. So I think you know owning something that's very liquid, like an ETF or a mutual fund that gives you exposure to real estate investment trusts, commercial real estate can be a good way to diversify. A lot of times people already have a significant portion of their wealth in real estate. So I mean, if that's something that they want, syndications, no. One of the things that I, I'm not a huge fan of are non-traded REITs. I find that non-traded REITs tend to pay really high commissions to the people selling them, and they have less visibility in terms of how they're structured. And so I, I get a little bit more nervous about those types of investments. And usually they're they're offered to accredited investors who are people that are supposed to be more sophisticated. But you know, I find that just because people make a lot of money or have a lot of assets doesn't necessarily mean that they're more sophisticated. They just have more money to throw around. So I generally stay away from things that are non-liquid that you don't have a lot of visibility into. And then, you know, if you're going to be putting deals together, like somebody like you, you just really want to understand those deals. I mean, I know your specialty is real estate investing, so I don't want to sound like I'm talking against investing in real estate because I do think it's a wonderful path to wealth. But you have to know what you're doing. You have to invest the time. You have to invest the resources to really understand what you're doing. I don't think there's anything that's a free lunch in the world of investing. You know, there requires some education. Right, right. So I guess, is there are there a few tips or strategies that maybe someone that's closer to my age can implement now? I know we talked already about focusing on cash flow and I mean wealth accumulation is important but cash flow is obviously how you cover your expenses and not have to trade time for money are there other strategies or other things that you can share on how to kind of prepare for that for someone who's in their mid 20s yeah you know compounding is your absolute friend i had the opportunity to talk to some kids who were 18 years old recently they're just getting ready to graduate from high school And one of the things I explained to them, as I said, if you invested $200 today, just $200, and then you were able to contribute $200 a month to that account, and you just invested in, you know, stocks for the next 40 years, and assuming that stocks continue to produce about 10% per year on average, 
$200 today and $200 a month. By the time you're ready to retire at 58, you know, these were 18 year old kids, mm -hmm. you have $1.1 million of liquid investable assets there. If you wait till you're 27 to start putting that $200 away, you have less than $400,000. So compounding truly is the eighth wonder of the world, like Albert Einstein said, and you just have to get started, be disciplined, be diversified. Those are some of the most important things. But when it comes to real estate, again, you're in that accumulation phase. So you're somebody that's probably not as interested in cash flow as somebody that's retired or just getting ready to retire. What you don't want to do is be in retirement and be upside down on properties betting solely on appreciation. That's how we saw people get hurt in the financial crisis. And I'll tell you personally, I mean, I bought my last house, not the house I'm in now, but the last house I purchased was 2006 right before the financial crisis hit. And as a result, you know, we saw that the value of that house dropped by 33%. So younger guys like you that may not have been investing and holding real estate in the last financial crisis may not remember the pain of seeing your house underwater and having no opportunity to sell that thing and move. I had a friend who had a house that before the financial crisis, they were selling for $800,000 left and right. After the financial crisis, they couldn't give it away for $400,000. So, you know, the key with investing, whether it's real estate or, or stocks, is that time is the cure to the volatility of the stock market. You have to have enough time on your side. The other thing I would say is the people that got hurt in the last financial downturn, they had no liquidity. And there's that old saying, it's the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. The people that owned real estate that saw the prices drop by 30% that didn't have to sell because they were well-funded, they had enough cash to continue to make those payments, they came through that just fine. And people that had rental properties that were fully rented out where they never had to worry about selling the properties, they came out just fine. But the people that had negatively amortizing loans that were upside down and betting solely on appreciation. Those are the people that I saw get hurt the worst in real estate. And I know a lot of that has changed and a lot of those liar loans have gone away. To, so I, I don't think we're in another time like that right now with what we're seeing happening with some of the recent bank turmoil. But again, you know, it's just one of those things where you have to be smart and you have to be disciplined and you have to be optimistic about the way that the, what's going to happen in the future, because in the world we live in today, there's a lot of people that they get paid for pointing out the worst of humanity. You know, all of the news stations and most of the social media focus on the worst parts of the world. And unfortunately, if that's all of your, if that's all you're watching or if that's all you're plugged into, then you're just going to take all of your money and spend it because you don't believe tomorrow's going to be there, or you're going to buy a bunch of gold and bury it in your backyard. And that's not any way to live. So you have to be disciplined. You have to be optimistic and you have to just believe that the future is going to be better than the present. So again, a kind of a question on this early strategies for someone that's not quite close, not quite ready for retirement. What would you say is the first cash flow producing asset or income generating asset that you would recommend? Is it real estate? Is it, you know, a dividend stock? What are your what are your thoughts on that? No, I don't like to bet. I don't like to gamble. And so I wouldn't necessarily buy individual stocks. I want to be diversified. I want to use ETF. So if you're just getting started, you've got a 401k at work, you've got access to the S&P 500 index fund through your 401k, I would say just put your money there for now. If you are investing in real estate and you're buying individual pieces of real estate and you're comfortable with the risks and the leverage and 
you understand what you're doing. That I think that's a fine way to accumulate wealth. I've got a lot of friends that have accumulated a lot of wealth that way. One of my favorite personal real estate investments has been a commercial office building. A couple of years ago, I was in a position where we needed to grow. And I looked at the rent that we were paying and I found a building that was for sale, but I thought it was too much money. I thought, boy, I don't want to spend that much money on a commercial office building. Well, I talked to the guy that was selling the building and he said, Jason, have you, he said, you realize I have two tenants downstairs that are paying rent, don't you? And they've had long-term leases. And so I said, no, I didn't, I hadn't factored that in. I hadn't really considered the fact that you had, you had tenants in the building. Well, after I went and I did the analysis on the building, what I found was that I could purchase the building and that between the rental income that was already coming in, that the new mortgage I was going to have, I would almost be paying about the same as I had been paying in lease payments. So I was like, boy, I can own this building, have this asset that's appreciating, have this loan that's being paid off. And at the time, we were able to finance it using SBA program that was offering fixed rate loans for 25 years. So it was incredible you know, that we didn't have to try to figure out future financing on this thing. And it was just, again, we had, it gave us the space to grow. And I look at the building now and I think, boy, you know, when I'm ready to retire 20 years from now, we have the building paid off and now we've got a cash flow positive investment for my family. So I, you know, I see that and I think that was one, that's been one of my own personal favorite real estate investments. I love that. I've actually started looking at commercial buildings more recently just with everything going on, but the financing aspect of them is definitely not a 25-year fixed loan (laughs) in today's climate. So that's pretty awesome. Jason, did I miss anything today about how real estate can fit into the retirement plan? I know you mentioned the retirement budget calculator and the awesome tool that that is that you offer to people. Did I miss anything in our conversation today about real estate and becoming financially independent in this conversation? Well, the only thing I would say is retirement really boils down to three numbers. You have to have some idea how long you're going to live. You have to know how much money you've saved and you have to know how much you spend. And when you know those three numbers, you can really start to paint a really clear picture for yourself. The thing that I really want to emphasize here is, you know, I own the registered investment advisory firm and we do walk life with people, but I really am not, I, I don't want a bunch of people calling me after this episode. I'm actually... I'm actually, what I'm most excited about now is the fact that we have the ability to help thousands of people through software that says they can do this on their own using the retirement budget calculator. And to me, that's a game changer because it used to be people, a lot of people don't, didn't have enough money to hire a financial advisor or they didn't have enough investments to qualify to work with an advisor. And we're really, I feel like we're leveling the playing field. We're saying everybody can have a excellent retirement plan, an excellent cash flow plan heading into retirement if they're willing to put in some work and use the tool, use the software. So that to me is awesome. And when you know those three numbers, how long are you going to live? How much money have you saved and how much have you spent? Then you can make some of those little tweaks and adjustments, like understanding when you should start social security for guaranteed income, or how does the rental cash flow work into the overall retirement plan? And you never know. I mean, if, when you run the numbers, you might find out that you're in a better situation than what you originally thought. That'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For you though, you know, young guys that are in their twenties, If I had to go back in time, I would find a mentor. That was one thing that really changed my life is finding somebody 
who was 20 years ahead of me that was willing to speak life, that was an honest person that was willing to invest in me. I would say that that is probably one of the best things you can do is seek those people out. And if you can't find them, then pay for coaching or pay for somebody that has that perspective. There's a podcast I listen to that's in the real estate market. You may have heard of this guy, Brian Buffini. Have you heard oh, of yeah. him? Yeah. yeah. Boy, well, if I was in the real estate market, I would probably be paying for his coaching because it sounds like he's been really good at helping people become successful in that space. Yeah. Brian Buffini is a marketing wizard. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a great method. He's got a strong foundation. He's got a proven track record for success. You know, there's that old saying, find somebody who has what you want, do what they do, and you'll get what they've got. What you don't have to do in the world that we live in is reinvent the wheel. And there's so many resources. There's a lot of scammers out there on YouTube. You got to watch out for those guys. But there's a lot of there's a lot of really legitimate people that have actually accomplished quite a bit. And you can just ride their coattails and have them teach you how to do it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to come up with a new game plan. It's you don't have to be the you know the best guy on Twitter or Instagram to win. You just have to follow the proven steps and do it consistently. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one thing that in my short career, you know, investing journey of five years almost. That's one thing that I've come to realize is I don't need to create a new blueprint. I don't need to make my own plan. Have people that are there ahead of you and all the blueprint that they've kind of discussed with you. And if you're disciplined, it'll all work out. Trust the process and you'll get where you need to go. Yeah. And make some mistakes along the way. That's how we learn and spend some of my some of my best lessons in business and in investing in life have been a result of some of my biggest mistakes. And looking back at the time, they were horrible, you know, but looking back, I think, boy, I, I never would have had the opportunity I have today if it weren't for some of those mistakes. So don't be afraid of failing. It's just you don't fail as long as you keep getting back up and you never quit. That's the key. Absolutely. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time and having this conversation with me. I will mention it one more time, retirementbudgetcalculator.com and be sure to go look at Jason's books. We'll have links for everything in the description of this episode. Jason, again, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Trent, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.